did get the new camp meeting flyers in this last week. So we'll be planning a, a mailing for those probably early April. We'll get together and send those out, and then we'll put some of the extras on the back table so we can hand, hand those out as well. Thanks for praying for me. I was out of town last week, at least most of last week, to a meeting down in Galveston. You say, was it sunny there? Well, it should be painfully obvious that it was sunny there. So I told people, I said, well, when you leave Montana in March and it's snowing and it's 19 degrees, you don't think about sunscreen or getting sunburnt at all. Um, I'm thinking about it now, but <laughs> I didn't then. But yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't be jealous of the sunburn, but maybe the heat, the, you know, 70 degrees, that's sure nice. A little bit of humidity. Go ahead and turn to 2 Timothy, if you would please, chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1. Second Timothy 1. It's probably, is it a family weekend, Carrie, for the cadets? Yeah, family day, not weekend, family day. So they get two or three family days throughout the cycle where their family gets to come, and this is probably the first one, I think. So they, they stay on campus, get with their families, and then, you know, in a few weeks they'll have another one where they get to leave the campus with their families. Sometimes we'll see them in church, but pray for them. We still have Bible studies on Wednesday nights. And uh, that's been going well, and just pray for, for a good group and fruit there. All right, 2 Timothy chapter 1, and let's pray before we read there. Father, we do thank you for the ministries you've allowed our church to do, and pray you'd be with the cadets and help them to be able to come into both Bible study and church next week, and just pray that you'd be here with us today as we look at your word. Thank you for what we heard in Sunday school, and Lord, we need you to show up again here in main service and speak to our hearts, teach us, feed us by your grace, and please be with our pastor as well today. Help him as he continues to, to mend and to heal up, in Jesus' name, amen. If you weren't here in Sunday school, Dean gave a little update. Pastor's still in Missoula, they're still doing some physical therapy on his arm. He's getting a little bit of mobility in his fingers back, but not in the main part of the arm. Still in quite a bit of pain as uh, that muscle tear is healing. Um, they don't have to do any more surgery that I'm aware of, but just physical therapy. And he said the therapy, of course, is usually painful, but he said because of the pain in his arm, he can't do all the physical therapy that he needs or that they want him to do. So just be praying for him. Uh, I know he would want to be here, and so this is where his heart is, but uh, he needs to be there and get healed up and recuperated. So, so please be up in there. Okay, I'm going to read you some statistics. Right, let me grab my my phone here. Something that's interesting just in the last, oh, decade probably, I would say that has increased. <clears throat> and maybe some due to being able to have better diagnosis, but also some because of the way the world is going. You know, the Bible, the Bible prophesied that in the last days, men's hearts shall be failing them for what? For fear. So there was going to be issues in the last days, and I think we're in in those last days, and we see an increase of mental health issues. Now, this is something that I believe, typically in at least the Baptist circles or Christian circles, that people maybe would mock or not talk about, or you know they would they would scoff at a lot of times. But it's a legitimate thing. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this, and you may disagree with me, but I'm not against therapists. 
You know, at one time people would say, oh, therapist, you don't need to go to a therapist. All you need to do is, you know, read your Bible and pray. Well, if you get a broken arm, who are you going to go see? You're going to go see an expert on that, right? Now, I, I would say that you need to be careful with the therapist. If you go to a therapist, be careful with who you choose. Try to get a Christian therapist. Now, chances of you finding a Bible-believing therapist are probably very, very, very low, especially in Dillon. But if you have to go to a therapist, try to find a Christian therapist, at least someone who's going to try to direct you maybe biblically that way. But I believe there are cases where, where that is needed. Now, here's just some statistics. This is from Forbes Health, and this was as of 2020, so you've got to take the COVID factor into account here. But in uh, 21% of U.S. adults experienced mental health conditions in 2020. 5.6% of U.S. adults experienced a serious mental health condition in 2020, which is often defined as either a psychotic disorder, bipolar disorder, or severe anxiety, or some other disorder that impairs functioning. In 2020, 32.1%, 32%, almost a third of all U.S. adults experienced both a mental health condition and substance abuse. And a lot of that, we know, was as a result of COVID, being stuck in home, and, and alcoholism was on the rise, drinking in general was on the rise. Um, but the fact still remains. In 2019, 15.3% of U.S. veterans experienced a mental health condition. And that's, that is uh, probably even higher than that. That's just what's reported and what they found out. As of 2020, uh, suicide was the leading cause of death for U.S. children ages 10 to 14, preceded only by unintentional in in injury. The impact of depression and anxiety has on the global economy can be measured in $1 trillion in lost productivity each year. As far as people are not, not able to function, they're, they're away from their job, things like that. In 2020, 51.2% of U.S. females received mental health services, while 37.4% of males received mental health services. Young adults ages 18 to 25 in the U.S. have the highest rate of experiencing any mental health concerns. It's 30.6% in ages 18 to 25. Females are diagnosed with serious mental health conditions at higher rates uh, than males, which is 7% compared to 4.2% respectively. So there is a an epidemic in the U.S., I believe, of mental health issues. Now, some of that, you say, well, people need to get saved. That's true, and I know that attributes to a lot of it. But we see it among Christians, too. Now, it's not, it's not a, a blight on you to, to say I'm a Christian and I have mental health issues. It happens, okay? It's legitimate. Now, I've, I've known preachers in the past that they say my wife suffers with severe depression. And in the past, they would be scoffed at and say, oh, you know, that's demon possession, or that's whatever. <laughs> no, it might be a legitimate mental health issue. And some of those are because of outward things that have an influence on you. Sometimes it can be chemically based. It can be inward things. So I want to look at today, 2 Timothy, and let me just state this. I am not a counselor. I am not a therapist, okay? And, and also, there are pastors out there that are good counselors, but not all pastors are counselors. I will say that. Just because you have a, a bachelor in divinity or a, or a doctorate or a master's in divinity or theology or whatever it might be, that does not automatically make you a counselor, all right? And I believe it's a good man who's willing to say, that's outside of my realm of expertise. You need to see an expert. And there's, there's many people that will say that. So what I'm giving you today is biblical advice um, and take it as it will. Because a lot of times, and I think Travis has even said this, that when you're, when you're speaking to somebody that's in that type of situation, 
it's a lot easier just to say it and give the advice than it is to put it into action. Okay, it's, it's much easier to do that. But um, I believe these are some verses that can help. And in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7, God kind of gives a formula here <clears throat> to put this all together to help us maintain our mental health. 2 Timothy chapter 1, and look at verse 7. He says, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So that verse does not imply that you will never get the spirit of fear or anxiety or depression, but you just know that that spirit doesn't come from God. Um, God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power first, of love second, and of a sound mind. Now we can be affected by those things adversely um, for various reasons in our lives, even as Christians. But I want to look at these things in a positive light of what God does give us. He doesn't give us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Turn to Psalm chapter 62. Turn to Psalm 62. And we'll look at a handful, well, several verses today. Psalm chapter 62. Now, I believe before someone seeks counselor therapy that, yes, you ought to, you ought to seek God in prayer and, and fasting and all those, but many times we can seek God in those things and we can get aid from God. And sometimes you also maybe need to see somebody that helps you. The way I, lo way I look at it is when you're a little kid, and you learn how to tie your shoes, and, I, and I've used this illustration before, and you go to untie it, and you just, you just yank on it, and it, it doesn't come untied, and it just becomes a big knot, right? And usually, as a little kid, you've got to take that to your parent, and they're like, okay, this is where you've got to start loosening it first. You can't just jerk on it, because it's only going to get tighter. It's only going to get worse. So you have to go to somebody that's been through that before or that knows how to untie that knot. You know, in my mind, that's a lot what therapists do. Therapists that might say, okay, I can see what's going on in your life, and here's where you need to work on first. Because sometimes we just start tugging at different areas of the problems in our life, and it doesn't get better. Sometimes it can grow worse. So there is, there is a case where that might be needed. We need to seek God first, obviously, in all things by prayer and supplication. Let your, uh, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. But look at Psalm chapter 62. Psalm chapter 62, and let's begin there at verse 8. It says, trust in him, how often? <laughs> At all times, ye people, pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us, Selah. So that's the first thing we need to remember, that God is a refuge for us. He is the first place that we ought to run in, in any situation, really. But he doesn't give us that spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Look at Psalm chapter 71. Psalm chapter 71. Psalm 71. And listen, don't be ashamed. There's probably people in here that have, maybe have been or are going to a therapist. Don't be ashamed of that. You know, I know at one time, listen, things, things change over the years. At one time, years ago, even as recently as the late 1800s, early 1900s, if you had a child with developmental disabilities, you know what they would recommend you doing? Put them in a home. Just... Put them in an institution and just let it go. That's, that's borderline barbarism. You know, there's ways that you can help them and, and deal with that and treat them. So don't be ashamed and, and think that, well, because I'm going to a therapist, I'm, you know, there's something wrong with me. Well, 
That's why you go to them, right? <laughs> so it, it's, it's, it's an admittance, yes, but don't be ashamed of that. I mean, how many of you are ashamed, like, well, I broke my leg and I had to go to the doctor? <laughs> you know, that's foolish to be ashamed of something like that. It's no different um, to say that I have some issues that I need to deal with, and so I'm going to someone who can help me deal with them. All right? So don't be ashamed if you say, well, I go to a therapist. Okay, fine. I don't, I don't hold that against you. I don't look down upon you for that, and good on you for, for getting some help. Look at Psalm chapter 71 and verse 16. Psalm 71, verse 16. Now this is with the thought that God does not give us a spirit of fear, but of power. Thinking about power, Psalm 71 and verse 16, he says, I will go in the strength of the Lord. I will make mention of thy righteousness, even of thine only. Now this kind of fits with what Travis talked about in Sunday school, and and I didn't know what, what he was speaking on, but I believe they fit pretty well. He said, I will go in the strength of the Lord. I will make mention of thy righteousness. You know, many times we do get the spirit of fear. We do get the spirit of, of an unsound mind, if I can put it that way, because we're not going in the strength of the Lord. We're trying to conquer these problems in our lives through our own strength or our own knowledge and will and not leaning on the Lord and his understanding. I mean, God, God understands the way we're put together. He's the one that, that designed us this way. Um, and he knows how to, to, to fix our problems. But we need to go in the strength of the Lord. Turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Over in the New Testament, you got Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, and then 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. You know, Travis said it pretty well. He said you can have all the, you know, the degrees and all these things. And, uh, but that doesn't mean you're not going to get broken. That doesn't mean you know, that, that, that you're going to be used of God because I have all these qualifications. And I have seen from just some of the, the back, if I can put it, back, backwoodsiest people, like uh, Roy that used to do the fencing for the Matador. You know, I don't think he graduated high school even, but that guy had some wisdom. And you say, why? Because he had been through some things. He had been broken physically and mentally, and he had some great wisdom, far more wisdom than some of these PhDs and doctors that are out there because he had been through some things. Uh, so, again, got to have the balance, but sometimes just talking to someone that's been through it before, that's been broken, you can get wisdom from that. You can get that healing and learning from that. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, and look down at verse 23. 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 23. It says, but we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block and unto the Greeks foolishness, but unto them which are called, this is talking about Christians, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the what? Power of God and the wisdom of God. Now to the world, to the world, what we look at and coming to the Bible and seeking the Bible for help to the world, they say that that's foolishness, but to us, it is power. Because remember, he hasn't given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love, and of a sound mind. And he said there in verse, verse uh, 24, but unto them which are called both Jews and Greeks. Now when he says that, and we understand this, of course this was written to the church at Corinth, so they're talking about those that are non-Jews or Greeks. And a little bit of related trivia, but this, this applied to, to basically anybody that wasn't a Jew, not if you were just a Greek, okay? So to Jews and to non-Jews. But, uh, you know, years ago, in the early 1920s, there was, there was a a fad kind of going through Europe, and it was called Egyptology. 
And boy, anything that had to do with Egypt was, you know, was, was kind of mystical and kind of foreign and kind of mysterious. And, and yes, it, it had to do with people, you know, that's when there was so many people going in and, and, and going to the, the tombs of the pharaohs and going into the pyramids. And, but also it had to do with just anything foreign. So there was an account, I think it was in Great Britain, and I don't remember the particular situation, but there was this stranger, kind of a, um, you know, a, a, maybe not a vagrant, but just someone who was wandering around and from town to town, and, and they called this person Egyptian. <laughs> now, they were not Egyptian by birth or by race or nationality. They weren't Egyptian. It just meant kind of a mysterious foreigner. And that phrase, actually, Egyptian, meaning kind of a, a mysterious foreigner, got shortened to something else, to gypsy. And it had to apply to the Romani people, who are called gypsies. They originally started as Egyptian, and then they started calling them Egyptians, and then gypsies, and that's where that term came from. But it's generally applied to the Romani people that wandered around Europe in that time, and they actually come from northern India. But this is similar. We're saying both to the Jews and to the Greeks. Yes, the Greeks that were in the area of Corinth, but also anybody that was a non-Jew. He says again, verse 24, But unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. Turn to 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1. And I want you to look down at verse... Well, let's start in verse 1. 2 Peter 1.1. 1, 1. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Now look at verse 3. According as his divine power hath given unto us as Christians all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that have called us to glory and virtue. So that has to do with giving us that, that power, the spirit of power. Giving us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Turn over to the, uh, the Old Testament to Isaiah chapter 40. Middle book of your Bible is Psalms and go Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, Isaiah, and chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40, and I want you to look at verse 28. Isaiah 40 and verse 28. He says, Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary, there is no searching of his understanding? You know, when we think about not giving us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind, that power, again, doesn't come from us, not within us. <laughs> it comes from our God. He says there that God, in the middle of verse 28, he said he, he fainteth not. God doesn't get weary. You know, you're going to get weary. When you go through that brokenness, and it's, it's not all the time, but when God puts you through it, you grow weary, physically weary. You grow spiritually weary. You may grow mentally weary, but our God doesn't. And he is that constant in our life. He fainteth not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. Verse 29, he giveth what? Power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increaseth strength. Uh, you know, Travis said it again. It's, it's in our weakness where God is strong. Look at Isaiah 41 and verse 10, just a page over. Isaiah 41 and verse 10, he says, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. 
Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will what? Strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Now, many times in our lives, that strengthening first comes through, as Travis said, brokenness. Just like uh, where he, he touched the hollow of his thigh and weakened him. And many times that strength will come through the brokenness. But God gives us the spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. Now look at 2 Corinthians chapter 7. God does that for a purpose. So he'll give us power. First, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 7. He'll give us power to endure the afflictions. To endure going through that, that brokenness that we need to serve him. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, and look at verse 4. 2 Corinthians 7, 4. He says, Great is my boldness of speech toward you. Great is my glory of you. I am filled with comfort. I am exceeding joyful in all our tribulation. Now, again, this is, this is a, a place that Paul was in his Christian life that most Christians probably are not. To, for to be able to say that I am exceeding joyful in all our tribulation. That's a tough place to be. Look at verse 5. For when we were coming to Macedonia, our flesh had no rest. And Travis mentioned this. We were troubled on every side. Without were fightings. Within were fears. Nevertheless, God, that comforteth those that are cast down, comforted us by the coming of Titus. And not by his coming only, but by the consolation wherewith he was comforted in you. When he told us of your earnest desire, your mourning, your fervent mind toward me, so that I rejoiced the more. But Paul said... He said, I was exceeding joyful in our tribulation. And he said, God came and comforted us. He said, yes, we were going through it. But like Travis said, cast down, but they, you know, they were not distressed. Even though they, they, all these things were happening to them, they were still trusting in God. And that, that is you know, a contradiction in terms. It's a paradox. How a Christian can be weak and yet strong. How can you, you can be broken and yet be just where God wants you to use you. The Christian is truly a paradox. Uh, um, all the things that, that we have that are seemingly contradictory, seemingly opposites, but it only comes because of our relationship with the Lord. Turn to 1 John chapter 5. So he will give us strength to endure the trials, to endure the inflictions. 1 John chapter 5, he also gives us the power to overcome. 1 John chapter 5, and I want you to look at verse 1. Let's start in verse 1. 1 John 5, 1. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone that loveth him that begat, loveth him also that is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not grievous. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. God will give you the power to do that. Verse 5, who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. So God gives us the power to endure. He'll give you the power to overcome. Turn to Hebrews chapter 4. Back to your left a little bit. Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. Then look at verse 14. Now these are... These are comforting verses, especially when you're going through things like Travis is talking about. If you're going through anguish of mind, anguish of spirit, you know, mental anguish, spiritual anguish, whatever it might be, 
Hebrews chapter 4, look at verse 14. He says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. But he was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. We know that Christ anguished in spirit and anguished in, in his heart and soul. I mean, when he prayed in the garden and he sweat, as it were, great drops of blood, because of, that was because of the anguish he was going through. So you say, I'm, I am going through it mentally, and you don't understand it, and I may not. <laughs> I may not understand it. And I know that God does understand it. And I know that he can give us the power to endure, to overcome that, and to seek him through all of that. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 15, For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore, because of what Christ went through, because of, of him being our high priest, let us therefore come boldly under the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. You see, we, we should never be ashamed to come to God and say, God, I'm weak. And God, I need you. And God, I'm experiencing some things in my, my thoughts or my heart or whatever it might be and seek the Lord. Because he went through that. We can come boldly and know that we can obtain help and mercy in that time of need. So he gives us the power to endure, to overcome, and to even to pray. Sometimes we don't feel like praying. Sometimes we don't feel like you have the power to, to do anything. But God can give you that power to seek him in prayer. One more uh, thought on that. Turn to 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy 4. And look down at verse 2. 2 Timothy 4, 2. So he also gives us the power to endure, to overcome, to pray. But then at other times, he gives us the, the power to, to witness. Like we're going to, this Saturday. Now, I don't know if you're planning on coming this Saturday. You know, Pastor's, I guess, vision for this Saturday was he wanted to, to get a tract to every home in Dillon. Say, will we do it? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But we'll get a tract to many homes if we don't. And that's the purpose. So, hey, don't, don't. Don't say, well, I'm not going to show up because there's no way we can do it. Show up. Let's do what we can. Because God, God's going to bless our efforts regardless of what we do or don't get done. We just need to go out and, and get it done. But 2 Timothy chapter 4, look at verse 2. <clears throat> 2 Timothy 4, 2, he says, Preach the word, be instant, in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears and shall be turned unto fables. So, but, but God gives them, he, this was a charge he was giving to Timothy, you can see in verse, verse 1 there, God will empower you to get the word out, even if it's just handing out a tract. That doesn't mean you have to go knock on the person's door and talk to them. If God leads you to do that, yes, do it. Man, just, just sticking a tract in the door, putting it on their fence, whatever it might be. Um, sometimes that takes courage just to do that. I know the thoughts that go through your mind because they go through my mind too. You, you have that tract and you're going up to the house and you're like, mm, it doesn't look like anybody's home. So maybe I'll go to the door and knock. <laughs> nope, nobody's there. Go stick it in there. And it's just like when you're a kid and you're running up the stairs out of the basement 
like somebody's coming to get you. That's the way you get out of people's yard after you put a tract on their door thinking, I got to get out before they open the door because they might talk to me or something. I know those feelings, but God can give us the power to go out and do that. Yes, we're flesh, we're weak, and that's right where God wants us. But he's going to give us the strength to do the things that he wants us to do. So turn to James chapter 1 now. So God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love. Let's look at love and of a sound mind. James chapter 1. Again, God does not do anything without a purpose. Um, he does not create without a purpose. He doesn't, he's not going to give us the power or the love without a purpose. James chapter 1. And the first thing he'll give us power for is to love him more. James chapter 1. And look at verse 12, James 1, 12. He says there, Blessed is that man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he received the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that what? To love him. Now, I know James doctrinally, doctrinally uh, is talking to, for Jews in the tribulation. But, you know, God will give us that power because this flesh, you know what this flesh, this flesh does not automatically love God. This flesh does not automatically love coming to church and being around Christians. <laughs> that is not our flesh, but the new man, Jesus Christ in you. That's where God gives us the power to love one another, to love God, and to do what he wants us to do. Look at Psalm 119. Again, the middle book of your Bible, Psalm 119. I'm sure you don't wake up every morning, and maybe you do. I can tell you... I don't, unfortunately, wake up every morning saying, ah, I just love God more today. Now, I love God, but I, shamefully, I don't even, if I can put it this way, I don't always feel like I love God, because sometimes you're just, you're in a mood, whatever it might be. As Travis would say, the, the molly grubs. <laughs> I think that's a Missouri term or a Southern term, or you're just down in the dumps. But God can give you that, the, the, the spirit of, of power and of love and of a sound mind. Psalm 119, look at verse 159. Psalm 119 and verse 159. This is David here. He says, Consider how I love thy precepts. Quicken me, O Lord, according to thy loving kindness. Now, the Bible says we love him because he what? First loved us. That love is not generated within us automatically. It comes from God. And he says here, consider how I love thy precepts. Quicken me, O Lord, according to thy loving kindness. He can give us that spirit of love. Look at verse 97. Psalm 119 and verse 97. He said here, O how love I thy law. It is my meditation all the day. And we see this all throughout Psalm 119 of, of his love of the scriptures and his love of God's statutes and his word and his commandments. It's all through there. Now this is not just somebody that just automatically fell in love with the Bible, it is because God gave them that, that spirit of love, a love for God and a love for his word. Look at uh, verse 113. He says it again. He said, I hate vain thoughts, but thy law do I love. Now, if I was to ask you today, do you love the Bible? Everybody would probably say, oh, yes, I love the Bible. Okay, when's the last time you read it? You love your wife. Do you go days and days and days without talking to her? Now, maybe you do, and maybe she's glad for that, but that's not a normal relationship, you know. If you love somebody, you talk to them. You want to spend time with them. Now, loving the Bible, you ought to want to spend time in His Word, and that can come from God. And maybe you need to ask and say, God, give me that love for Your Word. All right, turn to 1 John chapter 5. 
back towards the end of the New Testament. Now, this one might be a little tougher. 1 John chapter 5, a little more difficult. But he'll give you love for the brethren, for one another. And we know that we're commanded to love one another. 1 John chapter 5. But again, that has to come from the Lord. 1 John chapter 5, and look at verse 1. He said, Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone that loveth him that begat, again, loveth him also that is begotten of him. And by this we know that we love what? The children of God. That's one another. When we love God and keep his commandments. Now we read that uh, at the beginning also, but to love one another, to love the children of God. That comes from God. Now these things, you might not think it has anything to do with your mental health. But look, you get in the Bible, you get around Christians, you get around where God is being preached, and those things will help you. That may not solve all your problems automatically, but it will be a help. There's people today, I'm sure Tom's up there, he's looking at, you know, we can see people, how many people are tuned in or at least, you know, click to to listen to the the streaming, and it shows, you know, what states they tuned in from. We don't see who is tuned in, so so if you're not watching, you know, out there, we we don't really know. Who's not watching, but we can see who's tuned in. So those people are giving themselves, putting themselves, I guess, under the preaching of the Word of God. And that's a good thing, because that can help. That can help you to think correctly. It can help you to, to not have that spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. How many of us have ever come in here and you've had a, a bad day, a bad week, a bad month, whatever it might be, and you come in? And you hear the singing, you get in the singing, you hear the word of God, and it's just kind of like, <sighs> just relief. Because this is a place of refuge. God is a refuge for us. And so that's where he gives us that spirit of, of love and of a sound mind. And it's through these things that we see. Now, First, first John chapter 5, we're to love the brethren. Um, you might not like being around them, but we're to love one another. Uh, there's probably quirky things about every one of us that you have quirky things I do that, that maybe bug you. I mean, if I do this, how many of you can identify who this preacher is? How many of you know who I'm talking about? Yeah, some of us. See, it's things you notice. Dennis Coral, he does this all the time. He'll button it up, and he'll unbutton it. <laughs> See, I can't even do it. And he'll be talking for a while, and he'll button it up, and then he'll unbutton it. And uh, just quirky things. But you know what? And he may, not, he may not believe down the same line we do. But, you know, I can love him as a brother. Love him as, a, as someone who's in the same race as we are and in the same fight that we are. And I'm sure I do things that, you know, I know, don't ask my wife. There's probably lots of things. But we can identify things about each other. But you know what? We're to love each other. Regardless, you're going to have to spend eternity with me anyway. You're like, yeah, but you'll have a glorified body and be different then. I hope so. I hope so. But God gives us that spirit of love to love each other. Psalm 126, you don't need to turn there. Psalm 126, verse 5, he says, They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth, next Saturday, he that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. And he can give you a love for the lost, a burden for the lost out there. I mean, we live in a town of, you know, 3,500 to 5,000 people, depending on where you draw the boundaries. Many of them, most of them, are lost and without Christ. Um, many have not the knowledge of God. And what's the next part of that verse? I speak this to your what? Shame. 
You know what? That ought to be our goal, our driving purpose. And I know in my life it's, it's not always. It's not always. I don't always hand out a tract when I'm supposed to, when God leads me to. But he can give me that, that burden for people. He can give us that love for the lost, for souls. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 3. He says, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ and God. God can give you that spirit of love for the things that aren't of this earth, for the things that are above. Set your affection on things above. Sometimes we get so rooted and grounded in the things of this world, in that new truck, in that nice house, in whatever it might be, that 401k, all those things are going to be gone someday. They're going to mean nothing. Now, nothing wrong with having a nice truck, a nice house, having a good retirement, nothing wrong with that. But if that's where your affection is, your affection is set in the wrong things. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33, God said, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. It's not that God doesn't want you to have nice things. It's not that he's not willing to you, he, to, to you for you to have them, but he wants your affection to be on the things above first. And that's where we can get that is from the Lord. He hadn't given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. This is probably the most relevant to what we're talking to today, but turn to Titus chapter 3. Titus chapter 3. Titus chapter 3. You see, when we're dealing with anxiety, and that's, that's a legitimate thing that people deal with. Anxiety, panic attacks, depression, they all go hand in hand. That's that spirit of fear. And that spirit of fear doesn't come from God. And again, doesn't, doesn't mean you won't ever be affected by it. Because you probably will or have been at some time in your life. Um, God brings you into a situation and, and uh, completely out of your control. You know what usually you start to do first? You start to fear. How many of you ever had a job? You got a new job and you're like, man, I don't think I can handle this job. Because, you know, it was just too, maybe too mentally straining, too whatever it might be. And you start to fear. But then God, by his grace, comes in and he helps you to learn. And he, he develops you and helps you to grow and become more useful in that. Um, but you'll deal with that spirit of fear. So let's look at Titus chapter 3. Titus chapter 3. And look down there at verse... Let's go ahead and start in verse 1. Put them in mind to be subject to principalities and powers, to obey magistrates, to be ready to every good work, to speak evil of no man, to be no brawlers, but gentle, showing all meekness unto all men. For we ourselves also were, this is what they were in the past, sometimes foolish, disobedient, and deceived, serving diverse lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful, and hating one another. <laughs> that was not a sound mind. And he said, that's what we were in the past. Now turn to Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8. Matthew, Mark, Luke in chapter 8. Luke chapter 8 and look at verse 35. Luke 8, 35. He says, Then they went out to see what was done and came to Jesus and found the man out of whom the devils were departed. This is the maniac of Gadara. Um, so this is 
a man that was, if you read the story there and about the 10, 10 verses prior to that, this is a man that, that went around the tombs and he would cut himself and he was naked and he was, he was a madman. He was crazy because he was possessed of devils. But when he got in the, the presence of Jesus Christ, verse 35, then they went out to see what was done and came to Jesus and found the man out of whom the devils were departed, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his what? Right mind. And they were afraid. Now that comes from the Lord, not the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Give you that, that peace, that comfort, that sound mind. Look at Isaiah chapter 26, Isaiah chapter 26. Isaiah 26. You say, well, I'm not going through any of that right now. Well then pray for somebody who is, there may be people in here right now that are going through that, the. They hide it. They, they, they cover it up well. But you pray for them. You say, well, I don't know who that. Well, God knows who they are. Just say, God, pray for anybody that's struggling with, with the, you know, some kind of anxiety or, or the, the spirit of fear, whatever it might be, and ask God to help them, to give them the power of love and of a sound mind. Isaiah chapter 26, and look down at verse 3. Isaiah 26, 3. He says, Thou will keep him. This is the verse that Dean memorized when he his... Uh, company sold or closed down the mine he worked at i remember he said thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee now this is one of those verses it's easy to quote this to somebody it's easy to say well you just need to keep your mind stayed on god (laughs) yes i know that but sometimes it's easier said than done and when you've already gotten to this point and already strayed from keeping your mind stayed on God, you might know the remedy, but getting to that remedy is not always that easy, and sometimes you need help to reach that point. But Isaiah 26.3 again, he says, therefore, or excuse me, 26.3, thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. Now I call this how to maintain your mental health. Now, Usually it's easier to maintain something than to try and repair it. I mean, you take how many of you guys or, or anybody that has owned a home and you, you let your yard just, you know, go to seed. The grass gets, you know, a foot high and the weeds are everywhere. And it might take you all day long to try and get your yard looking right again. But if you just maintain it, it's a little bit easier. You know, just an hour a week instead of, you know, an entire day, a month, something like that. So to maintain something is easier than trying to fix it. But that doesn't negate the fact that sometimes we get in this state of, of uh, where we need to fix things. It's not where we're at the maintaining state. So Isaiah 26.3, I would say, is a maintaining verse. That will keep him in perfect peace. In other words, keep him because you're already there. That will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. Look at 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, just a few more verses and we'll be done here. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. And this is not real deep, but I hope it's a blessing to you. Now next week, by the grace of God, in Sunday school probably, we'll start a study in the book of Genesis. And that's going to be interesting. That'll be a little bit deeper. Um, So come to Sunday school next week. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, and look at verse 2. He gives us that, that sound mind to keep us sound and also so that we're not shaken, so that we don't 
deal with the anxiety and the fear. Second Thessalonians 2, 2, he says that ye be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter as from us, as that day of Christ is at hand. And that was some people teaching things that they ought not, and the people were getting distressed about it. But he said, hey, don't worry about that. He said, be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit, that can happen, nor by word, nor by letter as from us. So he said, there are outside influences that can come and that can cause you to be shaken in your heart and mind. Just a phone call, just a letter in the mail from the IRS, (laughs) whatever it might be. Those things can cause you to be shaken in mind. And he said, hey, don't be shaken in mind um, because God can give you that sound mind. Not the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I know that there's people out there Say, oh, well, if you just read your Bible and pray, if you'd just be reading your Bible and pray, that wouldn't happen to you. Great, thanks, Captain Obvious. <laughs> I know that, but I'm here. The fact is, I, I, I'm you know, probably in this state. What am I going to do about it? Um, you know, just like parents when your kids go out the door. Well, drive careful. Yeah, I, oh, I'm going to drive with the intention of getting in a car crash. Sometimes, like Travis said, sometimes we give advice that is not really good advice at the times when people need it. Um, might have good intentions with that advice, but if you'd really think about what you're saying, it's probably not the best time to say that. And sometimes that's, that's what we do as Christians. We'll say, hey, well, you just need to, well, great. Just need to isn't where I'm just at right now. <laughs> then you need God. Pray, and I'll pray for you. And I'll, I'll pray that God help you. you no, know, I don't know what you're going through. But I'll pray that that God shows you the way out of it. I mean, David, you look at all the people in the Bible, really, that that had what you might classify as some sort of mental health problem, anxiety, depression. I mean, Elisha went through it. King David went through it. Um, A lot of the kings, they went through problems. They went through distress. That's why we have the Psalms, because of the things that they went through. And now we have the comfort... From, from the problems they went through and the things they learned by getting close to God, we have in the Psalms. I mean, these things were written for our admonition, for our learning. They were all written, but a lot of them were because of those people went through much brokenness. They went through trials. They went through tribulations that we can learn from them as well. So uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and look at verse 16. So he'll give us a sound mind, and that mind, by the grace of God, should be the mind of Christ. 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 16, it says, For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Now we need to let that mind of Christ, you know, the Bible says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. And we're to let that dwell in us. But he said, but we have the mind of Christ. And you know, it's interesting that some of the... uh, The other Bibles, they will change that verse right there. They don't want you to know that you can have the mind of Christ. They don't want that. Turn to Philippians chapter 2. Well, you don't need to turn there. I'll just read it. Where he says, let this this mind be in you, which was also in what? Christ Jesus. So you have to allow that to happen. Sometimes we have to calm ourselves. You know, the Bible does say casting down imaginations. 
and let this mind allow. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. It is not something that happens automatically. It comes from a learning experience. All right, turn to Romans chapter 12. We'll finish up. Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. Familiar verse. Sometimes we need reminded of it. He says, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. It's that renewing of our mind, that we need that. that, that though the outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. And we can have that through, through his word, through God. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6 says, Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And then verse 7 says, And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And then you look at verse 8, and he goes on and tells you, here's the things you ought to be thinking about. What sort of things are true, and what sort of things are lovely, what sort of things are of a good report. And then in verse 9, he says, Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me, do. And the God of peace shall be with you. One more place. Psalm chapter 34. Psalm 34. Psalm 34. And look at verse 17. Say the first three words there. Psalm 34, 17. The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth. You see, you're not always going to be in the state of, you know, life is just a bowl of cherries. There are times where you're going to, you're going to be broken. You're going to go through it. You're going to experience the spirit of fear. You're going to experience perhaps depression, anxiety, whatever it might be. That's a part of being human. But he says, the righteous cry, verse 17, and the Lord heareth and delivereth them out of all their troubles. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. Now, that doesn't mean that it's going to happen automatically. But it's a promise from God that whatever you're going through or whatever you're going to go through, God's waiting at the other end of it. I mean, he's at the beginning of it, he's with you through it, and he's waiting at the other end. But he doesn't give us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your goodness and your care towards us. And Lord, even though we go through things, and there are people that are going through things even now, and I pray that you'd help them and be with them, and God, just comfort them. God, I think of John 14, 26, the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost. And I think John 14, 16, you know, but I will send another Comforter. I will not leave you comfortless. God, I know your will towards us is to comfort us and to have us secure in you. But God, sometimes we, we go through things and we need you more than we know. And would you help those in here that are struggling with things today, help those that are going to be going through it. And God, those of us that, that maybe aren't going through anything right now, God, help us to pray for those that are. Help us to have an understanding. And God, help us all to just draw closer to you. God, please bless in the services tonight, Wednesday, and this coming Saturday. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Let's sing page 339. 339.